a big problem most scientists have is I got this great, awesome thing. So they're trying to find a problem for their solution, right? Instead of having a problem that already exists and having your solution fit there. And so that, that's the key lesson we had to learn. And that's a lot of mentorship through Five Cross, you know, mentors, through the angel group here of where is the pain? Where is the problem? Does your solution fit that? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesoming's podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Awesoming podcast. Again, I always say I'm excited to be sitting down with another Kentucky entrepreneur. That's true. We met today and it felt like when you met your long lost cousin. This guy I'm with is quite the expertise and he also goes way back to Awesome Ink days before I was even a part of the team. So just cool to, to get school on the Awesome Ink history lesson and uh, see where some really, really old roots came from. So I'm sitting down today with Cameron Lippert from, from Kentucky, from UK, from all the cool stuff from the bluegrass and we're gonna be talking about his company PowerTech and how they offer a lot of things above my head. I'll be honest, you're smarter than I'll ever be and I'm okay to admit that. So Cameron, why don't you give a quick introduction of who you are and uh, actually also go ahead and just kick off with your background. Um, Dr. Walcott gave you a nice recommendation so I'm glad that good old Bruce uh, connected us. And then we'll just jump right ahead at talking about um, your global impact award from UK's Palooza. Yeah, great. No, it's fantastic to be here. Um, I've been involved with Awesome Mink from my first move to Kentucky back in 2012. And that was really the start of my sort of entrepreneurial, you know, show. Um, so me as a person, I'm a classically trained chemist that kind of stumbled into the world of business and being an entrepreneur. And I'll touch on that later. But I mean, growing up, I never imagined I would be in the, in the world of business. You know, I was, you know, scientist, engineering, nerd, that's it. Um, and it's amazing where life takes you. Um, and, you know, met Bruce when I first moved here. Fabulous human being, real uh, asset to the community. And, you know, without him and without Awesome Inc., really the whole community in general in Kentucky and Lexington specifically towards startups, like I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be who I am. And it's, it's been fabulous having this community here. Yeah, we're yeah. we're super grateful. And... It's funny. You said you moved here, moved here in 2012. Wasn't that when the world was supposed to end? Like the, the last big one? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Uh -huh. And then, yeah, you said a classically trained chemist. I thought you were going to say a classically trained pianist. And I was, again, about to be really, really surprised because that was a fact I did not know. But again, Dr. Walcott, I'm hoping you're listening. If any of your former students haven't reached out to you about how appreciative they are of you, here is a live episode to let one of your former students know how grateful they are for you. So... You're the man, Bruce. Appreciate all you do for Kentucky entrepreneurs and our startup community. So, Cameron, you are one fascinating human being. I just mentioned it a minute ago, but the reason we're sitting down today is because, again, Bruce Walcott connected us after you won the 2021 Global Impact Award at UK's Patent Palooza this past November in 2021. What the heck? What, what did you do? How did you get to that to that ceremony to receive that award? Give us a little background of maybe um, the last few months, which puts you on the radar for for uh, this award. Oh, we got to go way back. Oh, we're going way that. back. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we got the that award because the company was based off of IP developed 
at UK by my co-founder. We both were here doing a postdoc together at UK at the Center for Applied Energy Research. And that's where we met. We shared office space. A whole company is based off of his science, his engineering, his understanding of really cool stuff. You think I'm smart. That guy's, he's the real brainiac. <clears throat> um, yeah, so it's all his IP. And after we uh, won a pitch event in 2013 at Five Across, oh, based on his- Five Across? Yeah. I said, we all started here. This is what started everything. And it's, you never know. But that is what kind of kicked it off. And hey, there's an idea here. And so we went down the path of licensing out the IP from the university to kind of build a business off of it. And that was in 2013, we started that path. 2014 kind of kept going. And now we built it and commercialized it, had products started, you know, selling it and making money. And the fact that we built a business around, you know, really fresh new IP developed at the university is what led to this award. Taking a science idea, a patent, and then turning that into a business. Right. And it's been great working with the university doing this because they've been one of the best partners you could ever ask for. Understanding the startup mentality, the entrepreneurial you know, things that needed to work because it's not a standard business, right? So we license to say a GE is different than licensing to a startup. So you really need that support from the university to work with us so that we can all be successful and all win. And so put all these pieces together, you know, years later, it's come to fruition, took a long time, but now it's, it's, it's something real. And they're recognizing that, hence the award. And then we all win. Yeah. And you all win, which we is cool. Win. So again, you, you mentioned for the, I guess the third time now that you moved here to Kentucky in 2012 and uh, you pitched at Fiverr Cross in 2013. That was when it was, it was very different. There was like art on the walls. These like old wooden chairs. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, the, the early days, but you, you, you pitched because you spoke with Dr. Walcott after this, some other UK event where everything began when you had an idea for an anti hangover concoction and Dr. Walcott was a judge himself. Do you remember this? Yeah. You talk to me about All it. Right. So I started this concept in grad school. Okay. I was kind of burned out and you drink a lot in grad school. Um, so all my friends are like, this sucks, hangovers. I'm like, I'm a chemist. I'm smart. I can solve this problem. So doing a lot of research and came to this idea, this mixture that, you know, prevents you from getting a hangover. You just got to take it before you drink. Um, so I finished up grad school, you know, a few months later <clears throat> and got involved in the community here. Just look at my case, like, hey, really cool idea. I like this idea of a startup. It sounds exciting, it's exhilarating. I have no idea what it is, because I'm just a nerdy scientist. I don't know, we, we all hear about Facebook and Instagram, like, hey, it's cool, right? Um, found Awesome Inc. You know, I found uh, Randall on all his startup communities. I started coming to the event. I came to the first one in February of 2012. I'm like, that's cool, I'm gonna do that. And so I pitched in April, my whole hangover prevention idea. And I, uh, you know, won that one. It's like, hey, this is awesome, right? You get rewards for your cool idea. Um, then came back and pitched in the finals. Didn't win that one, right? Um, but I learned a lot of, hey, it's not just the idea. There's more to a business than just a cool idea. And so that was like the first hard lesson, right? Hey, ideas are pretty much worthless, right? Unless you act on them and execute. But that laid the seed of, hey, there is this community. There is this, you know, world to help out and teach and train and fill the gaps. It was great. It was a good experience. And Bruce was wonderful. And the rest of the judges and um, mentors to help train and, you know, run your pitch through them by them in practice was great. But it set the grounds again for 2013, which is when I had my now partner pitch. I was like, James, this is a cool thing you got to do. I signed you up to pitch. He's like, what, what is that? I'm like, yeah, five minutes. 
to take your whole research idea and pitch it as a business. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so he did. And that was October 2013. And boom, we won. I'm like, no way. What are we going to do? $500. Let's go buy some beer. And so me and him, a couple of friends, went and got some beer. But then we came back in you know, December for the finals. And you're like, there's no way we're going to win, right? These are real companies. It's insane. I think one of them was like, was it Babylocity? Like they got a real product. They got revenue. There's no way. And so when they go, oh, second place is, I don't remember. Like, there's no way. And then boom, first place. It was like, boom, power tech. Like, holy crap. Um, like, this is amazing. <laughs> $4,000. So we went and got dinner for all of our buddies at UK who were you know, in this research group. Um, but the thing, the key factor that let us go forward was uh, one of the judges, Chris Young, was the chair of the angel group. So he was like, this is really cool stuff. Um, you guys are smart. Come pitch our own event for the angels for, you know, real investment money. So we did that. And again, it's like, we're not going to win. What, what's going to happen? Boom. Right. $25,000 that they said, we're going to invest in you. But now it's investment money, not grant prize money. So we actually had accountabilities. So that was like, okay, we actually have to do something. Form the real company. Let's license out that IP and kind of roll with it. And it's just snowballed from there. But it's, you know, one thing after another. You don't plan it, but yet you don't stop it from letting it to happen, right? Just let it happen. Roll the punches. I think that's one of the key things of being a good entrepreneur, right? You never know what's going to happen, but you just go with it. Make it work. I almost don't want to ask you another question and just let you <laughs> let you just talk. Yeah, dude, that was good. I I feel like I just learned so much. Wow, yeah, that was great. So again, we, we started back from your anti-hangover con concoction real quickly before we move on from that. Did it ever work? Oh yeah, it works great. Are you serious? Yeah, but you have to, it's preventative. Okay. So, so you gotta take it before you drink. And here, people want to fix it after it happens. Yeah, which is... And it's kind of shitty to be passing out pills at the bar, you know? Yeah, or here's some white powder, you know? Yeah, especially um, nowadays. And so we, we mixed it in like a five-hour energy-sized drink. Okay. But it tasted like garbage. Well, so I think five-hour does as well. Yeah. So I don't drink them. <clears throat> right, but it's you, you get a caffeine boost pretty quick. Yeah, okay. You know it works. And there's just a lot of issues there. The main problem was um, it's consumer products for marketing. Facts don't matter, really. We didn't have that knowledge and the team. No one has really given it at all. And my partner who's leading it, you know, he had a really rich dad and things got hard. He kind of bail. But really just no one was dedicated to, to sit down and just make it work no matter what. There's always other things you can do. And that's one thing that's changed with, you know, doing power tech. And this new company is like, I have nothing else. This is 100% my life. If this thing fails, I have nothing left to go back to. I put all my money in it, all my effort. Like, I have no retirement. This company succeeding is my retirement. <laughs> hey, support local business, by the way. <laughs> so again, we, we've, we've gone back from some of the roots and you mentioned Fiverr Cross was a pretty integral part of your entrepreneurial journey and, and to where you are today now. What, what have you learned from, again, your one experience with the uh, anti-hangover concoction in 2012 and then with your partner, James, in 2013 and then for the finals? What have even those few experiences taught you that you realize I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't been a part of this other than, you know, the Chris Young deal and the Bluegrass Angels, but just some of the, uh, some of the life lessons as a man, and as an entrepreneur. Uh, so there's probably two main ones. Failure is good. You learn a lot. It's all about learning and adapting and improving. Two, execution means a whole lot more than the idea. So you can have great ideas. If you don't do anything about it, then it does, it's nothing. It's worthless. So 
learning how to actually execute on something is something I learned a lot through this process. Talking to the coaches and mentors who have done business, top business, done the whole shebang, like, idea is great. What's next? Does anybody care about your idea? Why do they care? You may think it's cool. Does that customer think it's cool? Right? It's not you buying it. Um, you know, especially a big problem most scientists have is I got this great, awesome thing. So they're trying to find a problem for their solution, right? Instead of having a problem that already exists and having your solution fit there. And so that that's the key lesson we had to learn. And that's a lot of mentorship through Five Across, you know, mentors through the angel group here of where is the pain? Where's the problem? Does your solution fit that? Does your idea fit into there? Make that work, build that business, build that product, not, Hey, I have this cool thing. Who, who wants to get it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I can, I can almost want to hit stop here because <laughs> you covered so much already. So startup weekend, which is an event we've done for, I think the last 14 years. So I think actually the year after you won five across and it's where people from the community, they, again, they can be a college student, someone who works in manufacturing mm -hmm. or food, an entrepreneur, an investor. And they say, Hey, I have this problem and I want, I want to pitch this idea. And everything you just said is what people learn in like a 50 hour span of a weekend. Like, like when they're all together building teams and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, that is, that is so crucial. Failure is great. And also having people who have gone ahead of you and, you know, walked that minefield, so to speak, to say, don't make that mistake. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I've, I can foresee where you're going. Please stop. Um, so, man, that's yeah. just great to hear. I mean, that. Make new mistakes. Make yeah. simple mistakes. And having the mentors and advisors say, I'm going to stop you from making these catastrophic mistakes because I've done that. Right. We've made some big ones. That's they, okay. They haven't been catastrophic because we've had enough insight from our, our mentor group, advisor group to say, hey, I got you. You know, I'm, you're about to have some problems. Um, main was we were, we had no idea what the business. We're like, yeah, we got money. We're good. We're like our advisors and mentors like, no, no, no. You need more money. And then the investors like, here you go. Same terms. Here it is. Trust me, you'll need it. And looking back, we'd have been screwed if they wouldn't have done that. Right. This has been dead because you would have run out of cash. Cash is king. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Man, there's just so much goodness. So again, we're, we're, we're continue on really just the, the Cameron story. I guess Jan, your partner, James, as well, and getting to know you guys. What's one of your, your recent accomplishments? Uh, maybe probably, yeah, let's just say a big milestone for your company that you guys have finished. Uh, we hit just a major one recently. So back in May of this year, we closed a $6 million funding round. $6 million here in Kentucky. Okay, just want to make sure I got yep. that clear. Okay. Yep. Wow. Um, it was led by uh, HG Ventures. So they're based in right across the river and from Louisville in, in Indiana. Okay. Um, but yeah, we got another, so they put 5 million and then the angel groups put another million. And prior to that, we raised uh, about 2.5 million from angels from 2014 to today. Okay. So a major investment round, um, a big, big deal, you know, really shows validation of the tech, of the company, of the business. And we're using that to scale from what I call, you know, the startup world to actually being a small business. Now we got the tech, we got the model. Now we need to manufacture, produce, and grow. So that's the goal. That's so sweet. Up and up. So again, you, you said 2014 until this year and then this year on. So again, what's, uh, for people who may not know, what's the difference in some of these names like Series A, Series B, Seed Round? What's all that mean? Oh, I think nowadays it's even more complicated. It probably is. Right. <laughs> um, so typically it's just, you know, what's, how many times have you gotten a price round? You know, the first time it's A, then it's B. But now it's getting more convoluted with like people in California doing a seed round, which is, you know, hey, very early idea, getting, you know, 10, 20, 30 million. Um, to traditionally by stage, we call series A 
is on, you've got early traction, but not quite to the growth stage yet. You need some money to kind of build your, your base of customers. You might, you might have a few. And then the B round is like, hey, you got customers, you got revenues, you're almost stable. You want to use that money to grow. Right, so Amazon model, you keep growing. Sure. You got monies, but you need to get more monies and use that money to get more monies. Right. So traditionally, we're probably in that middle ground between just beyond A and not to B yet. Um, the goal is to use this money to get to that B stage. Yeah, so you got some monies to get some monies. <laughs> exactly, right? That's how it works. You, you use that money to grow, build your infrastructure, build out your product, manufacturing, what you have to do, and then start getting customers, get more customers, get more customers. And then you make decide, do I want to do a lifestyle business and just make some money and break even? So it's not a lot. Or do I want to keep growing and growing and get that return from my shareholders, right? And that's the goal is you don't want to just go linearly. You want exponential growth. You want to turn that $6 million investment, you know, get $1 million revenue, turn that $1 million revenue into $10 million revenue, turn that $10 million into $100 million revenue, and keep going, going, going. This has been your, your weekly insight from Cameron Lippert. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about you, your journey. It's been great to build some rapport. And one thing I've noticed, we actually haven't talked a ton about PowerTech. That's, that's again, why you're here. This is the company with the IP that just got an award. Again, we're, we're talking about your team's success. So what, what is PowerTech? I don't think we've actually established <laughs> what you guys do. Yeah. Um, so what PowerTech Water does is we've established this Electromet brand of a solution. So we provide uh, water treatment to industrial companies. And we really do is we're selling environmental compliance. So we help our customers meet EPA regulations. And we do that through our Electromet system. And what that does is it's a really fancy filter to specifically remove these toxic and heavy metals. So you can think, you know, chromium, the Aaron Brockovich chemical, lead, Flint, Michigan, all these things that these companies have to remove from their water in order to meet the permit by the EPA. And if they don't, they get fined or worse, they get shut down. So we help them do that. That's in a better, more sustainable, and sometimes even a lower cost option. But the real value we're, we're selling is our service. We have now a modern solution for a legacy problem. Right? This has been around since the dawn of manufacturing. And most of those solutions are a century old. They work, but they're outdated and they're ugly. So I hate to cut you off because you're on a roll. Talk about the century old problems, these century old solutions, because this is something that I like drinking water. Yeah. I've grown up in Louisville and in Lexington, so I've always had clean water. I don't know about all the EPA regulations and harsh chemicals. Like most people probably don't. So talk about what has been around, which, you know, works, but is slow versus what you guys are doing, which is relevant. Yeah. So traditionally you just throw chemicals at it to create a sludge and all the nasty stuff's in that sludge. And they ship that sludge off to be burned or put in a landfill, right? It's trash. What we do is we are modernizing the back end of these plants. So we think Toyota, they spend a lot of money to make cars very efficiently and in a very sexy way. But the back end of the waste, it's not very sexy, so why spend the money? So it's usually outdated and old equipment. What we're doing is finding now a way to modernize that back end of those plants and make the back end sexy without breaking the bank while being sustainable. But the real kicker, and this is kind of gets to the, the future of what PowerTech Water and Electromet can do, is okay, we move these metals from the water. Metals have value. Think copper. There's a lot of copper in wastewater. We can collect this metal in a pure form and then sell it. So now we're getting paid by our customers to mine their water to sell copper. 
So we're basically going to be a mining company in the future. And you know, as the world becomes more constrained in resources, we need to create this circular economy. And that's the foundation we're building for the future. We're setting the infrastructure to build a circular economy with all kinds of metals, EVs, lithium-ion batteries. We, we can take that and recycle those metals. We can take metals from, say, a Toyota's wastewater and sell it to the battery manufacturers. That, that's the future of, I think, it's going to be for industrial wastewater. You have to have this circular economy. You have to have end-to-end solutions. Stop putting things in landfills. So one thing that I, I know I have not asked you is how did you guys go from grad school students to where you are today? So obviously you have IP, your technology has had to change as you found this new creative, uh, what'd you say your Electromet is a powerful, like water, water treatment system. So how has that morphed over the last eight years? <laughs> Let's try and do the math on the fly. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's mind-boggling how it's changed. Um, we actually just showed this presentation um, after we closed funding round. We had a little company dinner showing here's where we came from, here's where we are. We started with dinky little lab kind of prototypes, and they have changed just leaps and bounds from that to being a real industrialized solution. Um, I mean, look at your fridge, right? It's fancy nowadays. It finally is. We got a new one recently. Yeah, right? And they lots of stuff going on in there. You don't think about what's happening inside of it. Um, even looking at your cell phone from the old bricks to these, um, granted, we haven't been around for these you know many years as they have, but it's a continual iteration of improving little things and little things. It was big leaps in day one by talking to customers of what do you need? And now we're fixing smaller problems that are more incremental of, hey, how do you want to operate it? What matters to this customer? Is it weight, the size, much as the fit, power, whatever. But we'll have to come back and do some more time and show you that transition. Maybe get some kind of visual part of the podcast or something. Yeah. But it's mind-boggling looking at from the space we started at at Aztec in the UK's incubator space to our, our new building now, which is 26,000 square feet. 26,000. Oh. we started at 100. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, well, 100 square feet too, yeah. Well, hey, so the cool thing is we can link stuff in the show notes. Cool. So if you have like a visual or some pictures, I can link those and people can see them. Awesome. Which is pretty sweet. So again, I feel dumb asking this, but you are the whiz here. Why is clean water actually important? I like having my kids be able to drink clean water. I don't want them to be poisoned by, you know, water leaking out into the ground and getting into the food supply. Um, you know, we only have one planet. It's a closed system. If it's not taken care of, it's going to be in there somewhere. Again, Flint, Michigan, and Brockovich, right? These things happen. Not to blame anybody, but it's there. It's going to have to go somewhere. And the current solution is it's put in a landfill. Even there, it will get out of that landfill. So we need a better solution to remove it from the environment and put it back into products. I mean, it's not just in water, in all aspects of our society. That circular economy has to be for everything. Think clothing. I just stop throwing the trash. We have to eventually repurpose it all. Yeah, well said. Actually, one of the interns from this past year on our team, her name is Mallory. She's a knockout. She's great. She's uh, really talented. But one of the things she does is she repurposes clothes. So she, she throws a ton. I remember probably two months ago, she, she bought just a massive like sheet of material and just made like a, like a, I'm going to, I'm going to botch this word, like a, a drop or drop dress. I don't know. It's like a dress she put with a jacket, but she's like, oh yeah, this is like one big piece of fabric, but it, it looked relevant. Nice. So yep. yeah, repurposing is great. I, uh, I don't know if you guys have a company mascot. I would highly encourage Bobby Boucher. If, uh, <laughs> if, if you can get that license, <laughs> that would be excellent. Yes. H2O. Um, 
Yeah. So I think another really important question is I, I can't tell you how many times, and I'm prefacing with this, how many times I've had to tell people when they come through the doors of Awesome Inc., I meet somebody somewhere in Kentucky and they ask, what do I do? And I, I mentioned startups, entrepreneurship. They're like, what? Because so many people still have this understanding Kentucky is known for and will always be basketball, bourbon, horse races, and, you know, this this barefoot hillbilly <laughs> image, which I think most people have shoes these days. I mean, so that was the image I had when I first moved here. Fair enough. So why have you continued to remain in Kentucky? There's a number of compounding factors. I can't wait to hear all of them. Um, I mean, there are some things like we have grants and tax credits for the angels that if you leave the state, they go away. But in reality, reality, we have the people, the network, the support, the production, the cost of living, the support from the school, the support from the state. All these factors to help build a startup into a business are very good here. The uh, main one is the uh, SBIR state matching grant. Okay. So if you get an SBIR grant, DOE, DOD, NIH, whatever, the state matches it one for one. You have to apply for it, but that is crucial money to do business development. So you can't spend federal grant money on IP, on marketing, on sales. That state grant, you can. And the whole job of that grant is to create jobs. And that's been crucial. And that's a big one of, you know, it brings companies here. It makes companies want to stay here. But that is great early on. And moving forward, again, production, manufacturing, the, the workers here, the production facilities, manufacturing capabilities, all that here is great for this my kind of business, you know, hardware, manufacturing, production. You don't want to go to California and be spending a few million dollars a year on a place to live, right? Or a facility to go make stuff. It doesn't make sense. So that that those community aspects are fabulous in Kentucky. And it's been a big surprise uh, when I first moved here that they had this kind of stuff. They had the resources for startups, you know, getting office space, getting affordable production space at a variety of sizes. It, it's, it was a shock, but it's crucial and it's great. And it's one thing that's overlooked a lot in the flyover states, not just Kentucky, but the Midwest in general. And I'm starting to see some of these states work together to kind of help pool together resources to have more of that available. So maybe one day we'll see Kentucky helping out Ohio or Indiana and vice versa to build this communal you know, startup hub across the Midwest. But it's, it's, it's great. That's awesome. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to sit and I forgot. I got to, I got to kind of be the host. Last couple of questions as we're going to wrap up our time together. So you again, talked about your entire journey from college student, grad school, 26,000 now operating split space. So just a lot of cool progress for you guys as company. What are you hoping to accomplish in the next six months, year, five years? Just, just quick hits. If you have any. Yeah. The short term is <clears throat> we need customers and revenue. Right, we got to hit those targets to make the board happy, make our investors happy, to build a stable business. Short-term goal. Long-term is I'm laying the foundation to build an empire. Right, Water's only the first step. As I said, we're recovering metals. There's recycling. There's a circular economy there. There's a whole other market involved in just that alone. Mm -hmm. So tying into that aspect of things. Um, because of Keith Jacobs, our COO, expert in robotics automation, we're building an IoT into our systems. So is there a whole other business unit there in the future to tap into, you know, bringing IoT and this kind of sexy automation to the back end of these, you know, ugly plants? Yep. I think it's a huge, huge thing in the future. It's going to be a necessity, um, not a nice to have. And we're going to be the first movers on it. And it's going to be, I think, help us grow faster and do a lot of cool things that no one else can do. That's and cool. beyond that, let's continue to build and see what else we can tie into, right? Water to metals 
to maybe we'll be our own metal production company. Who knows? The the future is wide open and what we can do, where else we can adapt to. Drinking water, you know, have an electronic system in your home one day under your sink. Think Google Nest, but of water. Man, I uh, I don't know if you've ever seen what is what's that TV show? Avatar: The Last Airbender. Or, oh yeah, uh, big fan. Korra. Uh huh. This next one where they can like metal bend. Yeah. But when you said that, my mind went to like the new Toyota car powered by, or yeah, brought to you by PowerTech. I mean, to really think if if one day you can re- with extract all this metal and like repurpose it, what can come from that? That's right. pretty cool. And yeah. there's probably just a big question mark, but that's what makes it exciting. I mean, we're already I, doing I it, but just with copper, right? But what what other metals? What what's the value? You can think of you know, lithium-ion batteries, copper, manganese, nickel, all kinds of things. All all the chips in your phone. Yeah. Who knows? Um, there's so much out there that the average person doesn't know about that the DOD and DOE is all like, we need these things. We build, you know, planes and crazy things out of them. Yeah, it, it, it is so fascinating. And what we're talking about is literally just above my head. And I'm, I'm keeping up, but it's great. <laughs> You're so, fine. I appreciate it. So since I'm doing fine, I'm going to wrap it while I'm ahead. What is the best way, Cameron, that people can find your company, but also, more importantly, support your business? Uh, go to www.electromet.com. There you find a website, all kinds of cool information on what we do, why we do it, how we do it. Um, support is just when we share news, spread it. You know, check us out, share us, bring in some of that consumer type mentality to the B2B world. We're all just people in the end, whether you're business or not, still people. Spread the good word. That's great. You guys, you just sat down with the 2013 reigning Fiverr Cross champion here in 2021. And uh, Cameron, again, congrats on the Global Impact Award that you guys won for your IP with the University of Kentucky. And pumped to see where PowerTech and uh, Electromet goes here in the next coming years. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz, or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.